Welcome back to Thinking About It. I'm here with Dr. Dave Barker, and we've just been chatting before uh, we've gone on air about the subject of um, being empathetic or sympathetic in ministry. Uh, Pastors are expected to shepherd their flock. We talked about shepherding a little while ago, but part of that is to be human with people, uh, to enter into the unpredictable uh, network of feelings uh, which can be very messy. A lot of pastors are uncomfortable with that. We had a training seminar here for our life group leaders on the importance of being sympathetic because life group leaders find themselves pastoring people mm-hmm. uh, often and that uh, scriptures tell us, Romans twelve uh, fifteen was a key verse where Paul says, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep, or in other words, be emotional with people and their emotions, uh, enter into that world. And uh, as pastors, Dave, that can be daunting. Uh, I chatted with one of our staff here today who uh, sympathized with someone going through a a crisis, and uh, he said it exhausted him. Mm -hmm. An hour after that, he was exhausted. Uh, This is a guy who is particularly uh, wired, or sympathy. It might be a curse, might be a blessing. But um, so how do we as pastors think about this duty uh, to rejoice with those who weep, um, or rather rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep? How good is that? How dangerous is that? What does that even look like? Uh, can, can that be faked? You know, I got to do this. I'm going to do it. Um, because I have to, I don't really feel it. If I don't feel it, do I have to do it? That kind of thing. So what are, what are your thoughts, Dave? Well, um, I found my thoughts going in a couple of directions. First of all, um, the fact that we weep with those who weep in particular uh, is echoed for us and I think taught to us in the Lament Psalms. And as part of the congregational worship life of the church, and I believe the Psalms are supposed to be a critical part of all of that, based on Paul's teaching that we're to sing the Psalms. I think we have a, a pretty strong heads up that lament is to be part of our worship experience and part of what we do together as the people of God. And that as those Psalms went beyond David or others into the life of the congregation and now into the church, it becomes instructive for us that lament and weeping is is crucial. And that's a congregational. That's a that's a, a together kind of thing. So I think that's the first thought I have. The second thought I have is um it's interesting. Uh a few months ago I, I read a book uh, by Dr. Brian Goldman, who is a ER doctor in Toronto, um a Jewish guy. Uh, but he wrote a he wrote a just a an, a fabulous book on sympathy and empathy. He talks about three stages. He talks about sympathy, he talks about empathy, and he talks about synchrony. And um, sympathy is very kind of distant. Uh, You know, I'm sorry for your loss. Um, Empathy, you enter into the pain and kind of engage in the conversation. Synchrony is when you actually do the dance together. Uh, he uses the illustration of two people sitting in a coffee shop and they begin to mimic one another in their postures and their hand gestures and that kind of thing. 
I would argue that in what he was saying, and I think he's got it right, sympathy is something that all of us can do. And it's sort of like the uh, person who says after hearing of, of a loss, I'm sorry for your loss. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of emotion involved there. It's an expression of care. It's like a sympathy card. Sure, something like that. I'm sorry for your loss. I think we, as pastors, our role is, in terms of our full congregation, is at the empathetic level. That we do enter into the pain, we do enter into the emotion, and yes, it is exhausting. In terms of synchrony, I think that has to be limited to close friends, family. Um, I'm journeying with a guy right now. I've been journeying now with him for over 10 years. And we've entered into the realm of synchrony. Uh, we go out, we do lunch together about every month. And, and the, the, we do go to the same restaurant and the people at the restaurant know that there are certain times you don't bring coffee around. Mm-hmm. And they could see that there are certain times you don't bring coffee around as to where we are at that moment. But that's not something that I am. I could be, as a pastor, be able to share with a broad group of people. But I do think that as a pastor, um, I don't think we need to be afraid of getting to the empathy level where we're participating in the pain. And yes, it is exhausting. But isn't that what pastoral care is supposed to be? It's a giving of the heart and soul. Yeah. But there is a burnout, right? And so a pastor has to have a way of bearing burdens, uh, a way of bringing them to Jesus to help to Jesus' burdens. He says, are light. My burdens are light. So there's got to be a way of dealing with all of that. If you take it on yourself and weep with those who weep, um, I think it could, it could be overwhelming. I think it can. And I think we have to realize that we're not called to do this alone. And I'm back to the lament psalms. We sing together. We pray together. We call out those lament psalms together. And uh, while, we, uh, while we enter into it, it may not be us, it may not be you and me that is actually engaging in the more intense, moving almost mm-hmm. towards a synchrony mm-hmm. level of involvement. But we do so as a congregation. But I think we have to set the example. Uh, I think we have to show our congregation and be there at the moments of pain and loss, and going beyond simply, I'm sorry for your loss. Like, would this be something in public ministry uh, that you demonstrate, or would it be something that people gradually experience as you go about pastoral ministry one-on-one? I think it's both. I think there are times when you express that publicly, and you you enter into uh, publicly, even from the platform, Maybe even get a little bit emotional. And I'm not talking about faking it. I'm talking about getting choked up over, over a situation and, and have your congregation recognize that you, you connect here. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I'm not asking for grandstanding. I'm not asking for some kind of you know, show. This is obviously authentic. But at the same time, um, in journeying with people in their loss, it will come over time. Uh, I remember uh, when I was pastoring, uh, one of our young men was killed in a car accident. And uh, it was devastating to the church. Um, and, uh, I mean, the, 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 the funeral was unbelievable. It was really, really tough. I remember saying in the middle of the funeral, somewhere along the way, God is good. And someone shouted out, no, he's not. I'll never forget that moment. 
Um, and I, I thought, wow. Serves okay. you right for saying <laughs> Yeah, probably like- not the right time or <laughs> I, I didn't have the right context. Anyhow, um, but, you know, I, over, it, it took time. And, and I spent a lot of time with with that young man's parents and that friendship grew really intense we i don't think we ever got to the level of synchrony but it certainly developed and got into the level of of uh, empathy and the congregation knew that i I don't know that i communicated it openly but somehow in some way Mm -hmm. they knew that i was continuing to journey with them and but they weren't the only ones i was it just seems to me like that third stage synchrony, is that what you call it? Synchrony mm-hmm. would be when the um, the person experiencing the pain gets to the place where he says, he understands me, he's with me, he's he's in my thoughts. There's that dance going on there. Yeah. Whereas the uh, the first two stages, it's on me. It's how I relate to this person. But the third stage is how this person responds favorably to the investment that I have put in with him. Yeah. So I, yeah, that's rare. And I can't imagine every pastor getting to that level with people uh, who are in pain. But the verse doesn't only deal with sympathy, right? It's rejoicing with those who rejoice. And sometimes when something good happens in the church, this this is actually happens is do we, who do we tell, right? Um, this might offend someone. Uh, this might make someone jealous or someone's had a baby and, oh, we got women who can't have children. How do you rejoice with that? Or someone's got a new job. Well, there's guys who haven't gotten jobs. Oh, you know, how, so let's talk in the time that's left about how do you rejoice with that? And, and should people who uh, are embittered for their lack, you know, should they just be said, you need to deal with this. You can rejoice with people who have what you don't have. I'm just thinking out loud here. So how, do, how would you think about those rejoicing situations? Keep it to yourself or share it or what? Well, uh, yeah, that's, that's a tough one. My immediate gut. We don't even have Mother's Day now. You know why? Yeah, it's- right. Yeah. And Father's Day because, you know, fathers have taken a rap over the last little mm-hmm. while, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that's a loss. And I think that we can help people rejoice with others even though we ourselves are not necessarily in the same boat. And I think, I think and in fact, it is in some sense, I don't know why they call this a spiritual discipline, but I think it's a spiritual characteristic, it's a spiritual maturity mm-hmm. that we can say to a young mom that has just had a baby and maybe we ourselves can't, that we would rejoice with them. So I'm happy for you. Exactly. Yeah, it makes me sad that I can't enjoy this same thing. And, and there, as... as it was Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and I think many others have quoted this. We have to learn to feel two things at the same time. And I think this may be very well one of those mm-hmm. places where mm-hmm. we ha- try to help people see, yeah, we rejoice with those who rejoice, even though in our hearts we're dealing with a lot of pain. 
and even some jealousy and maybe a little bit of bitterness. Mm-hmm. And I think as pastors, we have to be sympathetic to that and go beyond sympathetic mm-hmm. to that to empathetic with that and say to that couple who haven't had a child, you know what, I, I feel your, well, I feel your pain. I'm not quite sure what that means anymore, but I, I know you're grieving here even as you're rejoicing with your friend. And you might say that to an individual, but from the pulpit, do we need to say, now I know that there are some here who cannot have children, you're barren, but so-and-so has had a child. Like, do we have to be that um, delicate? Can't we just rejoice and from in public without giving it a qualification? I, I just wonder if there's a way of doing that that isn't quite as contrastive in the way that you just stated it. Um, I wonder if there's a way of, of celebrating that um, and uh, even in a more generic kind of way, say, um, you know, wherever we are in, the stage, in our stages of life, let's rejoice with, you know, whatever because of whatever is happening do in their it. lives. What about the guy in our church bought a brand new car, beautiful car, just cool, sporty, you know, bright color. I won't give any more details, but, <laughs> you know, I mentioned it in church. So I got a brand new, you love this, go out and see it. It's in the parking lot. Everyone take a look at it. Um, I kind of wondered, uh, is that materialistic? Is that rejoicing with someone who's rejoicing in a legitimate way, or am I stroke, uh, stroking the wrong thing? Um, but I genuinely was happy for him. He <laughs> can like, afford that. Sounds like midlife crisis to me, but <laughs> yeah. uh, that may or may not have been a bit of a question as to whether I, I don't. I don't know. Um, it is, yeah, it was risky. I don't think I'll do it again. But um, I, I think when when someone has a purchase of a home or something big like that. Uh, we shouldn't be reluctant to say, man, I'm so happy for you. That's a wonderful home. You've got a great home. You've got a brand new car. God bless you. That's great. You know, I'm happy for you. It should not be materialistic to... No, it's, it's, the, it's celebrating the goodness of God in their lives, amen. for sure. And it's referring it back to God. It is saying that God has been gracious yeah. to us. Every good, per, every good gift and perfect gift right. comes from the Father of lights. And we can celebrate all yeah. of that. I didn't get it, but I'm glad you did. Sure. And I rejoice with that. Okay, Dave, that's, that's our time. Uh, we, ha- we, this, we have two emotions here. We want to go on, but we have to keep back. So it's, it's rejoicing and weeping at the same time, but we're out of time. So thanks for listening to us. Uh, God bless you. And hopefully we'll see you again next week on Thinking About It. 